tinfoil hat. Oh, what the fuck are you guys even talking about? Global controls will have to be imposed, and a world governing body will be created to enforce them. Welcome to tinfoil hat. We, we, we go deep, homeboy. Eric, open your mind. Welcome to Tim Fall Hat. You know who I am. You know what I'm here to do. I am here to rock. Okay? Join me as always, my partner in crime, the man, the myth, the legend, the one, the only, Xavier Guerrero. What's up, boss? What, any new stories of fun? Anything interesting? I'm moving in with George. God help your soul. (laughs) It's going to be a good time. You're going to come here aged, dog. Damn. Coked out of your skull. Fuck it. Fuck it. Do it while you're young. Exactly. Aaron, how are you doing, buddy? We haven't talked to you in a while over there. Uh, I'm okay. All right. All right. Well, doing everybody. Good. Cardinals in first place. Gross. Oh. Gross. That's great. Gross. You know you love it. I don't love it at all. That's a conspiracy right there. <laughs> Guys, happy 9-11. Happy 9-11. Oh, happy 9-11 to you, Aaron. It is our third annual episode. It is our 9-11 Let's get to the truth episode. As always, we do this every year on 9-11. We drop them truth bombs to let you know that one of the greatest attacks on American soil still has not been prosecuted. Nobody has been prosecuted about the 9-11 attack. So that's today's episode. Before we get into it, guys, guess what? This Friday night, we are live at Cobbs. Holla, holla. Dollars, dollars. Okay, we're going to be out there at Cobbs. That's right, Cobbs Comedy Club. It is the, we are returning to the scene of the crime where we started this whole crazy thing when we realized we were onto something. We're going to be there. Tickets are moving. You want to see Eddie Bravo? You want to see me? You want to see XG? You want to see everybody's favorite weed dealer, Tiger? Come out and rock, okay? Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Creepy, Come weird. watch murder, okay? Murder. Go to CodsComedyClub.com. Grab those tickets. And then the following week, Austin. We're in Austin. You're in Austin. We're all in Austin. The television went off for two seconds. That's right. Austin, it is time for the Tinfall Hat Texas Comedy Massacre Part 2. Or is your language dose? Dose. Numero dos. Okay, that's right. All the usual suspects will be there. This time, Reed Becker will be joining us, as always. And you never know who might pop in, who might be out there. Mm-hmm. You never know. You never know. I'm supposed to go on InfoWars when we're out there. Yeah. That shit sounds crazy. Yeah, I'm going to go on it and then just talk about, you know, Jared Kushner's a piece of shit. That's really what I'm going to talk about the whole time. So go grab those tickets. We are at the stateside at the Paramount Theater, man. Come out and rock. Come and hang out with us. You ever want to meet hot chicks who do jujitsu? Yeah. Stunners. By the way, I'm taking Krav Maga and I'm feeling good about myself. 
Trust me. Getting a boner, getting choked Stop. out at the same time. Stop. You're making this, this 9-11 <laughs> fucking anniversary show fucking creepier than it needs to be, okay? Talking about your boners. I bet you if that tower was made out of this rock-hard boner, it wouldn't have gone down. Okay? All right. And then we're proud to announce New York City, Gramercy Theater, New York City. One of the biggest markets. You love Eddie Bravo, he's going to be there. You love XG, he's going to be there. You love me, going to be there. You love hot chicks who talk conspiracies? We got them. Lauren Petrie is going to be joining us. She's from the brand new awesome podcast called The Electric Kool-Aid. It'll be the four of us. We're going big game hunting. It's going to be Escape to New York. That's how it is. We came, we saw, we changed nothing. That will be our show. It is Tower 7 and up, everybody. Tower 7 and up. Don't come if you don't believe what really went down Tower 7, okay? And then we're proud to announce October 22nd. It is Tinfoil Hat live at the main room of the Comedy Store. That is Tuesday, October 22nd. Those tickets will move. Grab your tickets now. I don't even know who to put it in. I know this guy's going to be there. I know A-Bribe's going to be there. I might throw in Tim Dillon if he doesn't piss me off again. <laughs> I mean, there's some conspiracy comics out there I'm thinking about adding. We don't know. We don't know. We'll figure it out, man. It'll come through. It'll come through, you know. Uh, we got Patreon rocking. I'm throwing up stuff all the time. I know you guys. Listen, you love conspiracies now. You love um, uh, the Secret Society. They're all there. I put up almost four hours this week. Four hours of bonus content at patreon.com backslash tinfoilhat. I saw the Sunday fun day. Sunday fun days. I, I answer your questions every Sunday. I know it's football season. I'll still answer it. And then you can go back and watch it. It's a Sunday fun day. It's AMA Sunday fun day. That is a mother of all truth bombs. And then let's say you want to support the show. Grab a t-shirt. Go to tinfoilhattshirts.com. Check that out, yo. Look at that. You get it all. Get it all, dude. Get it the all. Raiders. Bam. New get shirts up. going up. We got the uh, Steal Your Tinfoil Hat shirt going up that will be available. I'm also going to bring posters to cops. I think that's it, dude. I think I nailed all of it. Yeah. I think the- we could be. Where were you when you found out about 9-11? How old were you? I think I was like in second grade. How did it affect you? Did you stop uh, was ha- eating glue at that point? I was happy. We got Reese's the rest of the day. I had no idea why they were crying. The teachers were all gathered up together crying. Where were you during this? Watching TV for like five minutes. What and then, city? Mm, uh, Costa Mesa. Costa Mesa. Yeah, Costa Teachers Mesa. were crying. Yeah, teachers were crying. Everybody had, they had the TV on. The kids didn't care. It was just like free for all. That sucks. Teachers were just like, it's, don't worry about it. I got home. My mom was still like Mexican. She was like, some shit went down. I don't know. Mexicans. Wasn't really. Wasn't didn't really deal. affect them. Karis, one's like, I'm glad 9-11 happened. Uh, no, I remember where I was. I was working at the Standard Hotel. I walked up, and the head of the valets, because I was a valet at the time. Yes, I worked at the Standard <laughs> Hotel. God, I just realized that. That's going to go off. Dude, he worked at the Standard. What more do you need to know <laughs> that he's controlled opposition? That's Andre Balazs. Where's Andre Balazs going? Epstein's Island. It all makes sense now. I was a valet. I worked at Standard. Like, you guys need to get a hold of what you guys think is controlled opposition. You know what's not controlled opposition? Playing a barbecue place in Bakersfield. 
playing a video game place in fucking Huntington Beach. All right? That's not, trust me, these are just, you know, these are white knuckle gigs. We're fucking grinding here. Okay? Yeah, I worked there, dude. I worked there. It's very funny because I used to work at, the, I used to, I was picked up, I was a regular at the comedy store, and then I would have to go and, uh, yeah, hit him up. Hit up, hit up our guests now if you could. Um, so you, so you found out it was, uh, the towers went down instantly. Did you know it was a conspiracy? Instantly were you like, what the fuck's going on? I mean, yeah. I mean, like, I've always been suspicious of everything, dude. And it just didn't make sense. I mean, for me, it's like, we're the, how much money do we spend on our military? And these cat, hey, we can hear it. Can you, we got it. Can we turn that? Thank you. Um, let's see if he answers. Because he, uh, he had to do some stuff. So hopefully he will answer. And if not, this song will haunt your fucking nightmare. It haunts my nightmares. We are calling Richard. Is he there? Nope. nope. We are calling you now. Okay. Uh, I knew it was. And you know what? I, I had to work that day. I worked the whole day, and I was so upset because I'm like, why am I here right now? This is like the, our Pearl Harbor, and I'm stuck parking people's cars. And it just, like, sucked. And, like, the world changed that day. It changed that day forever. And, like, it was just like innocence died that day. I remember it, dude. It was just like there were so many things that used to fly that just died that day. And um, it was definitely the movement. to. I mean, we'd already had uh, basically George Bush hijack the election in 2000. I mean, like this is a setup to this. We They know it's happening. Him, he had to win that election. Al Gore, here we go. Here we go. Joining us. There he is. Joining us via hey. the power of Skype. How you doing, Sam? Pretty good. Can we get you on video or we don't get you on? There oh, he is. Boom. Look at that. Live from somewhere very interesting. Look at that. That's, look, that's a wonderful place. Where are you right now without giving us the exact <laughs> location? <laughs> Washington, D.C. It's a, a friend of mine, his house. Well, you look great. Joining us, uh, it is an honor to have us have him on the show. Uh, sometimes we get people on the show, and I'm like, I can't believe these people join us on the show, and they do. And this guy is doing some amazing work right now. It's like a, I mean, and he's throwing out his jacket. He's going, he's going, Mister Rogers on us. He's gonna throw a couple <laughs> out here. He's he's gonna <laughs> throw a. Uh, He's going to throw on some slippers and just tell us to love each other. Um, we're very excited to have him on. He's from Architects and Engineers for 9-11 Truth. Please welcome Richard Gage, everybody. How are you, Richard? How are you? Doing great, guys. Uh, thanks so much for having me on. This issue about 9-11 is so important to, to the world, particularly right now when the American public is, is you know, been called conspiracy theorists all of them right they've been epstein yes <laughs> yes yes for for a brief 18 hours we got everybody was a conspiracy theorist and then we've seen the moving back to you're just crazy people who own a thousand cats and have a tinfoil hat on your head uh i just want to go to 
being where you are, we're going to get into what your organization's doing, where your case is, how this is affecting other cases. But do you still get blown away that there are people who believe the official narrative? Well, what, what blows me away is they won't, most of them, are not open to looking at alternatives to the official narrative. And so, you know, we have 3,000 architects and engineers now signed on to our petition demanding a new investigation into the destruction of all three of these World Trade Center skyscrapers. And that should be enough to, to incite people to look at what they might be talking about, right? But uh, many people won't. And I'm talking also architects and engineers, even with the backing of, the, of that many uh, uh, incredible uh, I mean, incredible people. Uh, it's it's um, it's sometimes not enough. It's often not enough. So I have to get people into a presentation like I did, you know, in 2006 when I brought my whole firm in. They thought I was nuts at first after I had become aware of this information, and and created a PowerPoint from Stephen Jones, uh, nuclear physicist formerly from Brigham Young University, and brought them in, made them look at this stuff. And and they go, oh my God, you're right. After 45 minutes, right? <laughs> uh, these are controlled demolitions. Uh, so that's what happens again and again and again all around the world. You know, uh, 600 presentations, uh, 24 countries, and uh, 100 American cities. Groups of up to 4,000. If they come and see the presentation, they raise their hand and they go, Oh shoot! Now I got to deal with this. Yep. Yep, it's unbelievable. Uh, why? We're. Uh, I just got to ask one more question, then we'll get into uh, where you were and all that stuff and how this affects you. But what is the biggest pushback you get from critics of what you're trying to do? Uh, why don't they want to believe it? What is about this information you have that scares them so much? It is scary, and a lot of times that fear is visible uh, and seen uh, and felt uh, by us who are talking about this. A lot of times it is not. A lot of times it is masked by anger. How could you possibly believe and, and disrespect the families of the nine of the nine eleven victims, uh, and and believe that our government could have had something? to do with this. It's, it's absolutely incredulous. This is like um, turning, and, and by the way, we don't cast blame on our government at all, right? We're just talking about the scientific forensic evidence available from the records, uh, from the U.S. Geological Survey, from the, the, t- the testimony of the fire first responders, the videos, etc. Uh, how, could, how, could how could you even think to, uh, to cast blame other than on these uh, Muslims who did this to us. So uh, it, it's it's almost like turning their worldview upside down, which is what happened to me, Sam. Uh, I'm talking 12 years ago. I didn't have a clue. No one told me anything about any possible theory. And here I am driving my car down the road and uh, home from a construction observation meeting in a Bay Area. And I'm hearing David Ray Griffin being interviewed by Bonnie Faulkner on KPFA's Guns and Butter. Uh, this is uh, March, I think it was, in 2006. And uh, I'm just shocked to hear any alternative theory, right? Here's a, they're telling me a third building went down that day, a skyscraper. And I'm going, what? 
what are you talking about? There were only two planes. <laughs> and this is, I, I'm just in shock. So I had to go find out if this was true. And uh, by God, my research was, 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 um, was revealing things I didn't want to know because I was a flag-waving Republican. Uh, Reagan Republican, right? I, 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 I was watching Colin Powell as he was making his case is in indisputable case of over weapons of mass destruction oh God, again yeah. and Saddam Hussein ties to him too right with uh, Osama bin Laden I'm going yeah let's go get those bastards who did this to us but this 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 woke me up it turned me around it turned me upside down I was fighting it uh, I I I wasn't sleeping at night and it, it was very hard I mean, this is a wake-up call deep in the visceral area, Sam. Yeah, I, I, what I, I, I hear that argument a lot, too. Like, when I discuss, obviously, I'm on a show, Tim Fall Hat, we're spiritual skeptics of the official narrative. Uh, we ask the questions, and the big pushback we get is, why are you disrespecting the families of the victims? And I go, how is this disrespectful? We have a whole cottage industry of murder television. And most of this murder television deals with wrongly accused. People who are wrongly accused of murder. And nobody ever tells those shows, how dare you disrespect those victims by trying, to, the victims of those families, by trying to find out who really did it. I pray to God that my family or none of my family are ever involved in a catastrophe like this. But I know if, I, if they are, I know, I want to know who did it. I don't want just somebody convicted so we can all move on with our lives. I want to know who did it right. And if there's somebody in jail or there's somebody being accused of it and it's false accusations, I want to know that. So that person doesn't bear the blunt and the burden and the karma of an action that they didn't take. The notion that it's disrespectful to the family of, of victims to actually try to find out really happens is the most sheep of sheep re, uh, uh, mentalities. It is not to be crude, sir, but it's, is you, your head can't get farther up your ass than to <laughs> sit there and say, and I'm sorry, that's my style, not yours. Um, I want to know where you were when you, when nine 11 happened. I was in my apartment with my wife at the time. We were getting ready for work, and we turned on the TV to check out the news, and oh, my God, look what was unfolding. The towers had been uh, hit by planes, but they hadn't fallen yet. So here we're watching them fall uh, on TV, and I'm just in shock like everybody else, right? Uh, I, I'm, I'd never seen anything like this. I mean, here, here is a, 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 what we're told is a gravitational collapse later but during during the day we we initially we just didn't have the means of processing this this the actually the towers the twin towers don't look <clears throat> like a typical classic implosion like building seven if you want to show that collapse uh, it comes down uniformly symmetrically into its own footprint uh just like the old hotels in las vegas but at a rate of gravity towers, as well at the rate uh, of gravity Oh yeah, uh, free fall acceleration. Uh, it, it's amazing. And, and the towers, on the other hand, were very explosive after the first four seconds. So uh, the, with the towers, the official story tells us that 
they that that the planes had weakened the steel and and that caused the upper part of this building to drop uh, uh, and, and then pushed the rest of the building down to the ground, uh, and then it destroyed itself. It's called the crush down, crush up theory, uh, and this is uh, something that was put forth two days after 9/11, and it, within uh, within two days, this uh, this Chicago Northwestern University. Uh, uh, Professor Sedenik Bazan had submitted this detailed scientific paper. Everybody else is in shock, right? They don't know what's going on. And, and here, this remains the theoretical basis for NIST's uh, theory, which is the column failure theory, pushing uh, the, the top down, uh, <clears throat> crushing it with the, from the top down. And so this is completely rigged, this structural engineering paper in favor of a collapse 12 to 1. It's been decoded by engineers now. It's completely false, just like the NIST report that came out uh, in 2004 uh, from beginning to end, riddled with uh, false assumptions and, um, and input errors uh, that we know about. And there's some that we don't know about because they won't even release their report to the engineers and architects who are tasked with ensuring the public safety. But they say it might jeopardize public safety if we were to release this information. <laughs> that was regarding Building 7. Yeah, we find that, the, you know, this is the big push-up we talked about in our last episode, this class classifying of documents because they don't want us to know the truth. It's more about covering asses, okay? What was the first moment that you realized when you did some research that, oh, this isn't the real story. This is the real story. What we're being told isn't right. Was there a piece of evidence that you were like, oh, my God, there's something else going on here? Uh, it was a, a series of cascading failures in my brain upon hearing this scientific evidence from this elderly gentleman, David Ray Griffin, who had done now uh, had written by now 10 books on this subject and he was telling me that a third skyscraper went down and i'm just going what now this is this turns out to be the smoking gun for me uh the fact that not, i'm a member of the american institute of architects and we have 80,000 architects uh and not one of us got one email i mean or one bulletin for, from this premier association of architects about the third worst structural failure in modern history. It was like it just got swept under the rug. I mean, here's a 47-story skyscraper in the middle of the World Trade Center, well, on the edge of the World Trade Center, the middle of Manhattan, lower Manhattan. And in the afternoon of 9-11 at 5.20 p.m., this building drops like a rock, as fast as a bowling ball falling out of the sky, straight down uniformly into its own footprint, in under seven seconds. Now this is looks exactly like the old hotels in Las Vegas. So you would think that the investigation by NIST, which took seven years, would have hypothesized, uh, at least one of their hypotheses, would be controlled demolition or explosions, right? Because no skyscraper has ever fallen due to fire before 9-11. So here's like the first one, you know, it wasn't hit by an airplane, right? Only two airplanes. And we have three uh, skyscrapers go down. 
So here's this third skyscraper, uh, and they come out with their final report uh, in March of 2008, or August, and they say it came, it, it came down by normal office fires. Well, wait a minute. How, how did that happen? This is completely unprecedented. Uh, it should be the most uh, studied failure in all of our uh, structural failures uh, in, in architecture and engineering. And yet we find as we go to conferences around the country that no, well, very few of the architects and engineers are even aware of Building 7's collapse. This is an incredible, extraordinary omission. And so it's been our job to uh, wake up architects and engineers to the fact that it came down, show that it to them, and they immediately say, gosh, well, that's a controlled demolition, right? Anybody well, you know watches when that it? happened? <laughs> 9 /11. So let me ask you something. So I don't, I, I've never researched into who, uh, who actually built uh, Building 7. Uh, I don't know if he's still alive. Uh, or he ha has some kind of, um, you know, company or uh, estate that's in charge of whatever he did. Has anyone ever talked to the actual people that built the building and goes, does this make any sense to what you build? Because, you know, there are things in there called pillars. You know this. Most people I, apparently don't. Their whole job is to make sure that the ceiling does not fall to the floor and crush everybody in between. Yet, we have these fires, and obviously these pillars must have been made of paper mache, uh, origami, something like that, that, these mystical fires that we've never seen before, maybe by Zeus, we don't know, caused this thing to collapse. Has anyone ever heard from the actual architects who designed the building? Yeah, they all support the, uh, the, the official story. Leslie Robertson, uh, in particular, he's, he's the, he's the uh, structural engineer of the Twin Towers. Structural engineer of the, of the World Trade Center 7 was Erwin Cantor. And I have not written him. Uh, so I would like, to, I don't know if he's still alive. These buildings were built in 1986, uh, the World Trade Center 7, I mean. Uh, and um, Larry Silverstein, uh, who built it and then later acquired the Twin Towers uh, and the rest of the World Trade Center in a very interesting and suspicious deal, which he was not the lower <laughs> bidder on. But he only put forth $125 million of his own money in a $3.2 billion deal, uh, highly leveraged, so uh, what, put massive terrorist insurance on it. And when it went down, he ended up the sole owner of the uh, insurance payout and the land. So uh, this is an amazing deal for him. And he didn't have to, of course, abate the asbestos, which the city of New York was requiring the, uh, the, the uh, Port Authority, who, who, who developed this, this World Trade Center. Oh, that's uh, unbelievable. Piece. Yeah, and so he 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 ended up with with all of this money. Uh, it's an, it's absolutely incredible. I but I don't think I answered your question. No, 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 but it's I, fine. You did I'm working my way there. No, 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 it's fine. I, okay, keep going. Sorry, I, you just blew my mind. I didn't know he paid that little for that that all that property, and that he basically put up like what? Not even a tenth uh, nope. of what <clears throat> it would take to purchase. The, 
the value of it and then to throw some insurance on it and then be the only date he never showed up to work is like so suspicious <laughs> to me. But uh, finish your thoughts. Sorry about that. The guy who well, actually built the, uh, the the building seven. Yeah. And on top of this, uh, in uh, a year later, he's on PBS television being interviewed about building seven. And he says this, I was, uh, there's been such terrible loss of life. I was talking to the fire commander and, uh, 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 maybe maybe the smartest thing to do is pull it. And so they gave the order to pull, and we watched the building come down. He said that? He said yeah, that. I've seen that this video, but it's like, yeah. Well, well, so so then everything else is moot at this point. Everything else is a lie. If the guy who owns it said he pulled it, that's controlled demolition at that point. What does he mean, pull it? Blow on it? <sighs> Like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a term in the controlled dem- demolition industry, uh, pull it. And that's, uh, that's uh, what uh, the only thing he could be referring to. What he said back later, you know, after getting lots and lots of phone calls about this, he says, no, I meant pull the firemen out of the building. Well, there were no firemen fighting fires in the building. They were told not to fight the fires. Uh, they were told it was had structural damage uh, by an anonymous engineer, which they won't release the name of. That said, it had structural damage, and they asked him, well, how long do you think this building will last? And he said, five hours. Guess what? Five hours later, this building experienced an unprecedented collapse. Uh, <laughs> they said he was pretty much right on the money. Wow. No skyscrapers ever come down. Ever. Fire. Ever. Uh, and then we have Before on top of that, we see the uh, video with the, I think, the BBC report. Have you seen that? where she announces that Tower 7 has gone down and it's sitting right behind her. Yep, right over her shoulder. And they even give the reason for this tower. This is 20 minutes early, (laughs) by the way, before it comes down. They say due to structural weakening when the uh, towers uh, went down. (laughs) Well, wait a minute. The building's still standing, Jane. They apologize for this grievous error, citing the confusing events of the day. It is, Does that make them psychic? See, that's the whole thing with conspiracy theorists. And you're you're uh, you're an engineer. You're an architect. You are not uh, a conspiracy theorist. I am. Uh, but what <laughs> we see is these group. Uh, the, all these coincidences have to happen all at the same time, remarkably, for for these things to go down. I don't even know why we're debating after he says pull it. We have the man who owned the place saying he basically said, knock it down. But here we are, here you are, having to push your case through court to sell this story to the masses and that all you're saying is we should, you're not even saying convict them. You're just, and correct me if I'm wrong, you're just saying we need to reopen the investigation. That's exactly right. And the Lawyers Committee for 9-11 Inquiry has submitted a petition to the uh, U.S. attorney, the U.S. attorney in Manhattan, uh, demanding a new investigation. And he wrote back, uh, and as he has to by law, and say, I will comply with the law requiring me to impanel a special grand jury. So we've been waiting now since November for signs that a grand jury has been impaneled. We expect to be called as expert witnesses. Uh, and 
as a result of the lack of uh, visible uh, action on their part, uh, our attorneys have submitted now a mandamus action, which will force them uh, by law, by the court, uh, to act uh, uh, with greater speed and, and give evidence that such a grand jury is, is underway. So, yeah, that's one legal on the legal front. We've got that and we're suing the FBI as well, where because the FBI withheld evidence from Congress after the 9-11 Commission report was uh, due to be submitted, excuse me, was was published. Uh, the FBI was required by the 2015 9-11 Review Commission to submit evidence that they had and assess it to Congress. Well, they had our DVD, 9-11 Blueprint for Truth, and they even wrote back to us saying, this appears to be backed by thorough research and analysis. And uh, they didn't submit that to, uh, so they're, they're on the hook for that and the nanothermite paper, which is a small team of scientists led by Niels Harrett in Copenhagen. They found chips, red-gray chips of nanothermite, uh, which is an extraordinary material. They look like paint chips. They're real small. There's up to 10 tons of this material in all the dust by extrapolation. But they, they analyzed seven of these, and this is peer-reviewed in the Bentham Open Chemical Physics Journal. And when these, this is, these are chips of thermite at the nanoscale. What is thermite? Can you explain to our listeners? I know what thermite <clears throat> is. He probably doesn't. No. I know. I, I know exactly. What is thermite? It's an incendiary used by the military to cut through steel like a hot knife through butter. So here's this material which, is, which has been engineered to become more explosive at the nanoscale, a very sophisticated process made only in the most advanced defense contracting laboratories. So uh, it's, it's, uh, when, you, when, you, when you ignite it uh, in the lab, it produces pre molten iron microspheres. <clears throat> now, guess what? Those molten iron microspheres, are, they're real tiny, right? Uh, but these are the same molten iron microspheres found by the U.S. Geological Survey in all of their toxicological studies of the World Trade Center dust. Oh, my it's, God. The EPA says it's not even World Trade Center dust if it doesn't have these molten iron microspheres, which we don't even know where they came from. But they're everywhere throughout all the dust. It's a signature component. So with the same chemical in, in, signature of the molten iron microspheres that they get when these chips, uh, red-gray chips, are ignited. So we know where those molten iron microspheres came from. This is the evidence of ignited thermite, nanothermite particularly. And we've got the nanothermite unignited in these red-gray chips. This is damning evidence with internally consistent, self-corroborating, repeatable experimental data that can be used in a court of law. And it's just like, so we have the owner of the, of the, the, the property who bought the property for ridiculously cheap, saying he said pull it for no reason. There should be no reason to, to pull it, which is a term for demolition. Now we have this thermite showing up, which cuts through, cuts through steel like hot butter, a knife through butter. And if, if, it, if the dust doesn't have thermite in it, it's not considered world's, World of Trade Center dust. What are we doing here? At what point do we 
demand action when people that we put in control of protecting us won't do action. I don't understand why. It's just unbelievable to me that people out there would still believe that this is the official narrative. So we take a look at the towers. (laughs) Now, the towers themselves, (laughs) outside of what the, uh, the architect is saying now after the event, if you take a look at the actual towers, what kind of building are they? Before the the uh, the planes hit the building, what what kind are these? Like normal towers? Are these normal skyscrapers? Is there anything special about them that might allow them to be able to take a hit from a plane if they had to? Well, according to uh, Leslie Robertson. Actually, his boss, John Skilling, the, the towers were designed to take a hit from two uh, of the biggest airliners they had, which were 707s, uh, fully loaded with jet fuel. And they said that the biggest, he said the biggest problem would be uh, the, the tower would be fine after the hit but, and the, the fuel would dump into the building, but the building would still be there. That's a quote from the structural engineer. Uh, Leslie Robertson uh, subsequently took over structural engineering firm, that one. And um, he's one of the witnesses of molten iron. In uh, and, and I'm talking now pools of molten iron. He said flowing like a river. Uh, so this is among the extraordinary evidence of extreme heat, which can't be explained by the official story because jet fuel fires uh, I'll come back to your structural question in a minute. I, totally I got fine. I got on to the structural engineer because this quote is absolutely essential. It's it's the documentation throughout the World Trade Center aftermath of extreme temperatures exceeding 2,800 degrees Fahrenheit, uh, which jet fuel only burns, uh, according to its manufacturer, 600 degrees in open air. The hottest office fires are maybe 1,200 degrees. We're talking 2,800 degrees, documented by numerous people. We have photographs in our DVD called 9-11 Explosive Evidence. Experts speak out. This this documents the uh, crab claw excavators picking up material with molten iron pouring out of it. Uh, we have molten iron pouring out of the South Tower minutes prior to its collapse. Uh, NIST says this is aluminum uh, from the airplane. Well, no, aluminum doesn't glow bright yellow in in daylight conditions whatsoever. This is molten iron, and it's not molten steel either, by the way. It's it's elemental iron. Well, what did we find from the from thermite studies? It's it, thermite is made of molt, excuse me, of iron oxide powder and aluminum powder. And when you ignite that, it creates 4,000 degree molten iron. It's the only thing that can explain the presence of elemental iron, the extreme temperatures that are documented exceeding 2,800 degrees, including molten concrete. In, in, in Building 6, the concrete is m- molten and wrapping itself around guns and so forth uh, that are now in the police museum in Manhattan. I didn't even know concrete could melt. So we have all of this extreme example of, of, of temperatures completely unaccountable by the official story. So it's not in the report. 
that none of the nanothermite is in the final report by NIST. None of the molten iron microspheres are in the report by NIST, although the U.S. Geological Survey and R.J. Lee, an, an environmental consulting firm, who says these are formed during the event. And, and none of this uh, molten iron meteorites, they call them, they're pulling them up by, by tons and tons of these fused molten iron and, and concrete uh, meteorites are pulled up and they're discussed by the uh, forensic, I mean, the curator architect, Bart Vorsanger. This evidence is all over the place and yet it's completely omitted by NIST, as is the evidence of 156 first responders who are talking about explosions. And I'm talking like being hearing explosions, seeing explosions, being in explosions, blown around in the building, seeing flashes of light. This is all documented uh, in their oral histories because they were recorded uh, in October to preserve the a record before it became shaped by a collective memory. Thank God Thomas Forsanger, fire commissioner, did this, but we didn't know about it till August of 2005 when the New York Court State of Appeals forced the city to reveal this information, and New York Times actually published it. We find that 156 of these first responders talking about explosions, when most of them document very carefully before the towers collapsed. A train running under my feet, and then the towers are collapsing. All these explosions, boom, 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 boom. And then I see the tower collapsing. It's very clear in order what's going on with these uh, 156 first responders. It is and to answer your question, <laughs> the towers had 47 massive core columns inside around the elevator shafts, which by the way, Ace Elevator had a contract to modernize all the elevators nine months prior to 9-11, the largest elevator modernization in history, 85 employees from Ace Elevator. This is documented in Elevator World Today and uh, Elevator World and also USA Today. Is that a magazine, Elevator World? Yeah. Yeah, that's a and magazine. There's a Ace world Elevator of elevators. Themselves, uh, this particular article. What? There's a world. There's someone whose life it is is elevators, and there's enough of them that there's a magazine that's dedicated <laughs> to elevators. It's and there's a billion dollar industry. Don't knock it. Hey, I ain't <laughs> knocking it. I'm baking. trying to rock it. I'm gonna get in on it. Um. <laughs> so okay. So this is some stuff I've seen. You know, docs on 9/11. So you bring up this thing. So we have you have 47 columns, giant steel columns, specifically built to take the impact fireproof of two planes hitting it. Now, well, uh, wait, nope. Hold on. You, 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 the planes hit the exterior columns, right? Right. There's right, 230 right. or so of those. Oh, okay. and they're <laughs> marching three feet four inches all the way around the building. Oh, my 14 God. inch square steel tube columns. Oh, my God, I flunked math, and I get that that's not <laughs> mathematically possible. 200 and, 240, did you say, on the outside? Almost. 47 on the inside. All specifically there to what make sure, it because columns are there to make sure it doesn't flatten on itself. And it is ready, 
It is built to take the impact of two planes, not one plane into each, but two planes into each of the plane, in, into the, each side, of the towers. Yeah. Now, though, yeah. to weaken these, these columns Inside. would take explosives, right? Well, didn't they do that before 9-11? Didn't they try to... They didn't try to take the uh, World Trade Center down? Well, that was earlier. Yeah, it was earlier. When they tried to, in 93, I think, they sent the truck. Even that isn't enough to do what this this building, these two buildings were built to do, which was to withstand these attacks. So we have these columns. We have these outside columns. We got these inside columns. And the biggest way to get it is through explosives, you bring up the wonderful point that our good friends at Elevator Today, okay, put out an article saying that they'd been done the they did the biggest renovation of elevators in the history of elevators, okay? And now we hear this story of and I'm not gonna get into too much political stuff that maybe you don't want to talk about, but the whole thing about Israeli art students and how certain companies were in charge of security. Kroll Industries, stuff like that. Any thoughts on any of that, sir? Well, that's research that uh, has been done. It's uh, valid research. And uh, I encourage people to uh, look at a book called Solving 9-11. Excellent book uh, by Christopher Boleyn. There's also a great book by Kevin Ryan called Another 19 Suspects. So uh, he names him. Oh, my God. I looked that up. So so there's a famous picture. There's a certain area of the the uh, building that explodes. They say this is where a plane hits it. That's also amazingly the exact same area in which this smiley face was put on the side of the towers. It's a very famous picture of a smiley face. Um, it would take explosives being brought inside to do something like this through your research. Would you say that? Oh, sure, yeah. Because uh, you have uh, 90,000 tons of structural steel in each of these towers, which Nine is three tons. to five times stronger than it needed to be to hold up this building for its life. And yet, we uh, from... from uh, stillness all of a sudden there's continuous smooth accelerating downward motion without any hesitation which we'd expect if it were impacting the cold hard steel below but no it accelerates straight down through the path of greatest resistance the thousands of tons of cold hard intact steel so what and in this case building seven yeah, that I'm seeing that's on building the seven now. but he's talking about the actual towers okay. and we see a video where a guy's like he's doing it all oh, we're leaving because they say it's really weak and then it's like oh my god it's falling and what you see is this pancake effect of this giant building am I correct sir a pancaking of the of the twin towers. Down. Well, that's what we're told is a pancaking. But if it were actually a pancake, you'd have a hesitation, uh, a hesitation as as the steel was buckling. But given that it's near free fall acceleration, 
documented by physicists at actually two-thirds of freefall acceleration, there is no slowing down. It's getting faster and faster and faster through what? Uh, that 90,000 tons of structural steel. So where did it go? It had to have been removed. How does it get removed? It can only be removed by explosives or incendiaries. It, we, and in the case of the Twin Towers, we have uh, evidence uh, of both, uh, forensic evidence of uh, that we've already talked about of thermite, which uh, leaves that the residue uh, that we've seen, the molten iron microspheres pouring molten iron, but also the unignited residue in the red-gray chips. Uh, we also have evidence of explosives, though, because what happens here after the first four seconds, we have laterally freely flying structural steel sections weighing four to eight tons, which are ejected at 80 miles an hour, clocked oh by physicists God. laterally. And then gravity begins to take over. Look at that. And Look so, at that. And that's what we're seeing here. These are, who's that? That was, that <laughs> was Giuliani. Giuliani. We can talk about him later. Yeah, we but will. The, we will. Yeah, because look at this. These are freely flying structural steel sections. There, it's not a banana peeling, as, as we're told by uh, some of the people trying to explain the official story. Uh, these are trailed by thick white smoke clouds. Now, why, are, why is steel on fire? Steel is not flammable uh, in, in office fires. So something else must have happened to the ends of these beams which is described, interestingly enough, by FEMA in their Appendix C of their 2002 report, where they say the ends of the steel beams are partly evaporated, a quote from the author of this report. There's a hot sulfur corrosion attack on the steel with silver dollar-sized holes in it. How does that happen to the steel? And, and this is official sources. I mean, this is the FEMA report, right? Uh, where does the sulfur come from? Well, they have no idea. They don't even speculate. But guess what? Sulfur is added to thermite to become thermate, much more effective at cutting through steel. So this is the evidence that has attracted 3,000 architects and engineers to demand a new investigation and has attracted the attention of the fire commissioners in the Franklin Square City, which is a town right near... Um, uh, New York. I want to get uh, into who, that. I, I want to get ahead. hold on. I want to get into that towards the end of this. But I want to get into this. What you're saying here is like this does not happen naturally anywhere in history. So when you see the guy who goes, you know, there's a famous thing with this welder who like was like, it's real simple. And he took this steel beam and he made it hot and he showed that it it, it just bent over. But it's like. That's a thin steel beam. We're talking about the biggest, I mean, like ton, 90 tons, nine, 90,000 tons of steel that is meant. There's not enough jet fuel to hit the top and make the bottom collapse. It's just not enough, man. And it's just like you are, you're yelling something, you're saying something to me that I'm like, and why is this still um, uh, yeah. Why are we still talking about why this? Are we still because talking people about won't look at it, I guess. NIST, uh, the National Institute of Standards and Technology, who Congress tasked with explaining this, these collapses to the American people, they say, well, e even they say the, the jet fuel, 90 percent of it burned up outside the building. The rest of it was gone in just 10 minutes. Jet fuel is just kerosene. 
they actually recognized this and they said these are normal office fires you know after t- the after 10 minutes so, oh, so normal the office fires burning down after never. 10 minutes it's regular it's just a regular fire yeah it's a regular fire after that and a few broken columns by the airplanes and so how that's much the official fuel story. and yet they have a symmetrical collapse from all the way down from the point of jet plane impacts all the way down this collapse is fairly symmetrical down the face of the building. The tops of the buildings tilt, particularly in the case of the South Tower. Uh, but all the way down the building, it's a symmetrical ring seen by in the videos uh, of, of uh, uh, explosions, which we show in detail in our, in our DVD. Uh, that uh, makes no sense given the asymmetry of what's going on up above. Let's say, let's say we're in bizarro dimension. Sir, we're in a bizarro dimension and kerosene was able to work. What size plane would carrying what amount of kerosene would have to hit this thing to make what they say happen happen? There's no way it's just a plane. It would have to be a jumbo a plane we've never seen too big to even fly would you say that i mean how much kerosene would have to be thrown at this building for it to do what they say happen i'd be i'd be speculating but i think you could dump a million gallons of kerosene into this building set it on fire and it still wouldn't burn the building is fireproof it's designed to have a two and three hour fire protection the columns and beams in the building and that's a lot more than the 20 minutes or so of fire that uh, that can exist in an office building. You know, that's all the, the desks and chairs there are, kerosene aside. Uh, these, th- these, because that was gone, right? So why speculate about that? Uh, after 10 minutes, it's gone. We, you only have enough fuel in an office building to burn 20 or 30 minutes, according to NIST even. And yet... Uh, they say these fires uh, were burning for hours and hours, right? And, 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 but the, the, the videos show that they were virtually out at the time of the collapse with these thick, thick black smoke indicating oxygen-starved fires. In the case of Building 7, that fire was uh, – the, the fires were few, small, and scattered. And the videos prove that that fire was out on the floor where NIST claimed there was an initiation of collapse. Uh, that fire was out. Uh, an hour before the collapse of the building. So it couldn't have been responsible for the thermal expansion, which NIST says uh, is the new phenomena that caused this building uh, to collapse. Well, it couldn't have been thermally expanding if the fires were out over an hour before. So that's just the beginning of the problems for NIST. Uh, the Last week, uh, we, this week, uh, we, we released the, uh, Alaska study, which is uh, a four-year, $300,000 study uh, by a major university that uh, has spent a lot of time examining the NIST assumptions on the one hand and the uh, the reality on the other. Uh, they've completely uh, undermined most of NIST's assumptions and basically proved NIST uh, report a fraud because even with those false assumptions, 
which they their computer modeling, uh, which is open, by the way, it's not hidden from us. They don't they didn't say you, we can't release our input data because it would jeopardize public safety. Oh my no, God, it's an go. open architecture. So they actually prove using this own assumptions that the building never could have come down by fire. Well, they say, how do we get this building to fail? Uh, building seven uh, and uh, the way it looked in the video. Well, uh, they start taking out more and more columns and it's still not failing. Uh, and they take out about uh, eight or nine key columns where NIST says they were taken out and the building tips over Well, in, in their computer model. Well, in the video, it goes straight down, uniformly, symmetrically, free fall acceleration. What do oh we have to do God. to our model to get that to happen? They had to take out 650 columns virtually all at once to get this building to fall exactly like it did in the video. Mr. Gage, where is the rubble? Where did the rubble go? We're talking a the two of the biggest buildings in New York City. To so big that it was part of the skyline when you drew the skyline of New York City. And here it is. We have free flow. We see the dust. We see what you say. If it's not, if there's no thermite in the dust, it's not part. Where are the columns? Where is the concrete? Where do, There should be blocks of concrete everywhere. And all we see is a couple pictures with some weird kind of like... Uh, a little bit of gravel. We see this, uh, according to the information you gave me, which is, I believe, one hundred percent accurate. This weird cut in the in, in this column. Oh, like again, knife and butter cut. But I don't see where the gra- where the where the debris is. Where is the rest of this building after it collapses? Well, let's talk about this. This is an absolutely key component, Sam. Uh, you've got 100,000 tons of structural steel in each of these buildings. Guess what? Um, most all of that particularly is delivered, as we saw, uh, we talked about, delivered outside the footprint of the building up to 600 feet away, destroying the winter gardens in a 1,400-foot diameter around each of these towers. There's only a two-story pile of core columns and twisted metal at the base of these towers. In a gravitational collapse, we would expect the steel, we'll get to the concrete in a second, to be piled up, mangled certainly, but no, it's individually severed, one beam from another column, all severed and and sent in every direction, broken up, ready for loading and shipment, just like they do uh, in controlled demolitions. So, By the way, if 100,000 tons of steel is delivered outside the footprint, way outside the footprint, what's crushing the building? Well, that's a third of the weight of the building. It's not the steel. So what about the concrete? You you mentioned this concrete's uh, four and eight-inch thick slabs. Each of them are an acre in size. 90,000 tons of concrete in each of these buildings. We'd expect to see 110 stacked up, broken up floors at the bottom. Like you said, where is it? Well, you look at the, we don't see 50, we don't see 10, we don't see one floor stacked up at the bottom. They are pulverized in midair to a fine powder. 
100 microns average in size and drifting from river to river across, across lower Manhattan in a blanket three inches thick. That's where the concrete is. So if the concrete is outside the footprint of the building all across lower Manhattan, what crushed the building? Not the steel, not the concrete. That's most of the weight of this building, by the way. So there's nothing left to crush the building at all. I agree. Uh, yeah. So it's not going down. It's going out. And yeah. and then it's evaporating. Or or what the word you use better? Uh, pulverizing. Pulverizing. It's out. Where? What? Pulverize this. See, I, I, I'm not going to go too deep into that. So, like, we, we've talked about the JFK assassination. This is a, a different conspiracy. But we had a gentleman on talking about it and how this date, this one day, this one event is so big that it couldn't, it had to be pulled off. It, there could be no mistakes. So it wasn't just one event that went down in terms of making that thing happen. It was multiple scenarios, multiple people positioned in right places. So can we look at this the, these buildings and go, okay, you need explosives, you need a plane, you need um, maybe something else that causes this concrete and steel to pulverize. The, yeah, on top you sure of do. Not just one thing, uh, not just two things, but maybe three, four things that went on at one time. Yeah, there, I, I think there is a, a whole bunch of things. One of the things we're aware of is uh, at the point of jet plane impacts in the towers, uh, we have uh, a, 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 re a fireproofing retrofit going on in each of the towers, five floors below and five floors above the point of jet plane impacts. Very interesting timing the year before 9-11. And this is documented by Kevin Ryan on his blog, Dig Within. And it's fascinating. And they could they have been applying this nanothermite to the bottom of these concrete slabs? Oh is that uh, engineered uh, explosively enough to pulverize that concrete and everything below those concrete uh, slabs as well? Perhaps, you know, we don't have the level of research available on this material yet to, to, to make that determination. But something pulverized, in fact, vaporized 1,100 people whom we have no trace of, not one. I mean, we only have 300 whole bodies. Uh, 6,000 bodies were uh, – uh, 6,000 people oh, – there's, excuse me, there, there's 6,000 body parts small enough to fit into test tubes. What? And one person was blown into 200 pieces themselves. And still, 1,100 people were vaporized. Now, how does that happen in a gravitational collapse? Hey, I mean, like, I, I, I mean, you're talking to a show which, I, I, and, you know, that believes in direct energy weapons. And I don't know if that's something that falls under your um your expertise but again going into what i'm talking about like this is one shot and they gotta hit it and you know we've talked about stuff like uh in these california fires how metal which burns at 1500 degrees 
Uh, I mean, fire, 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 forest fires that burn at 1,500 degrees uh, were melting metal that burns at 2,500 uh, 2, degrees. Uh, and we're talking old school metal, like built back in the day, not millennium metal, which gets its feelings hurts and just withers, you know. <laughs> we're talking like old man metal, you know. Uh, I don't want to put words in your mouth or say something you want to. Is that at all a possibility, Mr. Gage? Well, sure. I think there are plenty of uh, forms of directed energy weapons that uh, occur out there. I don't see evidence for their use in the Twin Towers. Um, so uh, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. I'm, I am. I mean, I'll just tell you, uh, we have a four page uh, FAQ on this subject on our website, AE911truth.org, dealing with uh, the the claims of, of Judy Wood, uh, for instance. Uh, who 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 claims that the, the 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 steel was dustified? Well, a if the steel were dustified, you'd see steel dust in the dust, which was very well examined uh, by the uh, U.S. Geological Survey. They don't find uh, steel dust okay. in the dust. They find previously molten iron microspheres, which is the evidence of thermite. Uh, so that's very clear. Um, Judy Wood, in her book, by the way, denies that this was an explosive event. Uh, look around page 126. Uh, she denies uh, that this was uh, nanothermite, uh, which we have forensic evidence very clearly for, indisputable forensic evidence. And she denies that this was a hot event. As you say, temperatures capable of melting steel at 2,800 degrees. She says this is a cold event. So when, you know, somebody comes along and makes, uh, uh, denies the most fundamental scientific forensic evidence that we have and on top of that makes a claim for which she really provides no evidence whatsoever just some strange phenomena which i tend to agree with there are some strange phenomena so i'm not saying energy weapons didn't exist it's, right. it's just that the strange phenomena is not evidence of the energy weapons I that respect. she's claiming i have reasons to be suspect is all i'm saying respect to that and honestly that i'm totally okay with that so hey uh Aaron, do we have to go right now, or can I just ask one more? What? We're good. We're good. Okay. So you brought up Rudy, Rudy Giuliani earlier. I know you have to get to a meeting very soon, so we'll wrap I it up. I think you brought up Rudy Giuliani. No, I no, I did. Bait. I did, but then you said you, we'll get to him later. So I yeah. brought him up. You said we could discuss about him later, so that's on me. Uh, any thoughts on that or, is, or <clears throat> anything with that? The firemen hate Rudy Giuliani. He betrayed them. <laughs> I I'll leave it to them to explain how that happened. But he was aware of the collapse of the building before it happened. He was told the building was going to collapse. He moved his whole operation away from the towers or near the towers to a further point away because of that knowledge, which he never conveyed to the firefighters. So that's what I'll say wow. about Rudy Giuliani. So let's get into this final part. We now have... Uh, these firefighters you were bringing up earlier, I just wanted to, uh, you know, finish off with that. You brought up earlier, we have this fire department universally, unanimously, unanimously, I got, I had a stroke halfway through that, uh, deciding to open the investigation. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how it helps your, you and what you're trying to do? Yes. The, the Halsey study, uh, it, it, which we talked about is, is one component. 
And uh, here, here's a major university completely pulling the rug out from underneath, under NIST as we talked about. And that's a huge cannonball now for us in, in the 9-11 truth movement to fire against the wall of denial out there. Uh, as we talked about, is substantial still 18 years after 9-11. We also have uh, five fire commissioners who have voted unanimously to demand a new investigation based on the evidence that we've been talking about today. We've been working with them. We're bringing them down to Washington, D.C. here, where I am now, in, uh, uh, on September 11th in a major press conference at the National Press Club at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. That will be live-streamed on our website at ae911truth.org. And this firefighter, these firefighters, and commissioners are uh, all about waking up the entire state of New York. They're going to bring me to speak to the National Association of Fire uh, Firefighters or Fire uh, Districts. Uh, and uh, that's going to be one heck of an opportunity for us in the 9-11 Truth Movement to address them all at once. The president is in favor of such an address. This, this is an extraordinary opportunity, Sam. Does it upset you, sir? Uh, so stand by and. Uh... Does it upset you when you see that our president, who is so vocal on 9 11, continues to sell arms to Saudi Arabia? Does that make you a little nervous? Yeah, I, I'm not sure well, why President Trump does some of the things he does. Uh, and, and some of the things I like, some of the things I don't like. I'm the same one. At, at AE 911 Truth, we're, wake, we're waiting for him to talk about what he talked about on 9-11, which was that there were explosions in those buildings. And he backed off from that. And we've got to get him to, uh, to open up, uh, you know, a, a real investigation. How do we do that? I don't know. He's got all kinds of pressures from all kinds of people. And so I'm just crossing my fingers with regard to the president. So my final question is, I, uh, it's a statement with a question. I'm going to answer the ask question, then finish with a statement. Do you get any pushback of the uh, threatening kind? I haven't yet. Um, nobody's called me, threatened me. Uh, I haven't gotten any shots. Uh, nobody's called me and offered me money either. I, I'm kind of disappointed. Uh, I mean, it's like, aren't we, you know, enough of a thorn in your side yeah. to provoke some some kind of in- harassment or intimidation? Yeah. Uh, Straight cash, man. It's, it's okay. I, I don't need it, but it's disappointing. Okay, <laughs> I respect that. Um, I think what you're doing is incredibly important. I think what you're doing is incredibly brave. And I, I wish more there were more patriots because all we ever say is question everything. It doesn't hurt. It's free. Now, I know you and what you've done, Mr. Gage, obviously has cost, cost time and time costs money and flying around and putting together these packages, creating this amazing website, all costs money. You can make donations on your website, which is, again, A&E, 911truth.org, Okay. Uh, e is, is yeah, it's uh, ae911truth.org. I can't thank you enough for not only doing what you're doing, but reaching out to come on our little podcast and spending time with us. And I don't know if you ever make it out to uh, Los Angeles or do any events here. I would love to 
uh, either have you in studio, have a conversation, or at least be able to go to your event and meet you. And uh, thank you for what you're doing. Because uh, to me, uh, this is with Pearl Harbor. Uh, it's the, it's probably the darkest day in uh, this country's history, depending on who you are. I'm sure the Native Americans would have a little disagreement, but there are, this is one of the darkest. And I believe at the highest levels, this is Sam talking, not Mr. Gage talking that the highest levels of our government, both on federal and state, New York knew something were going on. This is my statement. And they allowed it to proceed. If they didn't know uh, not only did they know, but they probably participated in it. And I think Americans need to wake up and questioning authority is not a bad thing. You're not disrespecting people when you ask for the truth. And if they're if they've done nothing wrong, they shouldn't be afraid of the truth. And you, my friend, I completely agree, are a wonderful person. And I appreciate you hearing my crude jokes and me screaming at you while you sit quietly in a room that looks like it's used for some kind of like murder mystery dinner party. And <laughs> you're a wonderful person. And again, if you're in Los Angeles, please come by and uh, we'll do it again. And if there's ever any new break in the case that you'd like to get people, you have an open door to come on and let people know. Oh, you bet. And, and by the way, uh, Sam, your listeners might want to see a two-hour presentation to two million people on September 11th with the George Norrie show, uh, Coast to Coast AM Radio, uh, uh, 10 p.m. Pacific time uh, on September 11th. So uh, we'll be on. So So, folks may want to join there too. I would like for you, Richard, to uh, send me an email with all all the information, both when you and the firefighters are presenting or if this is the different vent you brought up, that information as well. And we will tweet it and put it on our Instagram so all of our friends will know. So one more time before we say goodbye, please tell them the firefighting event and the event you just told, unless those are two different things. I mean, unless they're the same thing. Please explain what you'd like them to uh, check out. Um, yes. Well, first of all, our website has all the details. It's AE911truth.org. And you can see the schedule there. You can tune into the live stream of our National Press Club conference here in Washington, D.C., the morning of September 11th at 10 a.m. That will be live streamed on our website. So be sure to join us there and check out all the details of all these events that we're doing in Washington, D.C., too. You're a gentleman. You're a G amongst G's. I appreciate what you're doing. Just know everybody listening to the shows is appreciative of the hard work and dedication you have to be, you know, to your country. And this is patriotic. This is as patriotic as it gets. To question authority in our democracy, which we are fighting to hold on to right now, this is the, the be- one of the greatest acts of patriotism you can, to question the highest authorities regardless of the consequence. So thank you, sir, for what you're doing. Please be safe in Washington, D.C. Uh, we will be checking out everything you're doing on September 11th. I will be watching your website over watching anything on Fox, MSNBC, or CNN. I need the truth. I need the good truth, the clean truth, and uh, I will go to you guys. Thank you again, sir. I appreciate you coming on. 
Thanks, Sam, so much. And we'll see you again in Los Angeles. Can't wait. Can't wait. Guys, you're great. Check it out. Go check out their website. See you guys in San Francisco. See you guys in New York. See you guys in Austin. See you in the main room, okay? And, dude, you know, this is what we do here. We drop the truth. Happy 9-11, everybody. Today's the day. You know, hopefully we popped a couple mines like champagne bottles. Uh, Aaron, hold on, Aaron. Hold on. (laughs) It's been a while. It's been a while. I think it's time. (laughs) One more time. One more time. Hold on. It's been a couple episodes. Crazy ones without his his opinion. It's been way too long. Way too long. Come on, man. Look how messy my fucking... God, where is it? Aaron, 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 Aaron. Wake up, Aaron. You got to be deaf, (laughs) mute, or retarded. Hey, hey, Ron. Hey, hey, Ron. Aaron, thoughts? Uh, Wow, I mean, that was very interesting. And uh, I'm always on the side of science. Um, Vaccines work. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So if this guy says it didn't go down the way they said it go down i want to listen to what he has to say and i want to hear Bam, dude we did it Damn. I mean, it he, took he did it three years he did three it. years he did it not you guys but <laughs> but uh you know <laughs> aaron we love you to death you're yeah. the best i appreciate you thank you this has been our third 9-11 we spent together and hopefully we will do many many more you guys are the best see you in san francisco of course. Oh, boy. Let's god do it. bless take care everybody have a great day enjoy your 9-11